0: lacking everyone. You are listening to Season 1, Episode 47 of My Turf, a podcast about college and pro football. I'm your host, Ryan Marshall, coming to you live from Lower Alabama once again on this beautiful Tuesday evening. Remember, this podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Hit me up. The show's new email address, myturfshow at gmail.com. Come remember you can interact with me on Twitter Ryan 18 well title track for episode 47 when the smoke clears and I'll get to why that happens in a second so last night national championship played I thought Georgia would win 38 to 31 and uh, I took the over uh, on betting on that Georgia dominates TCU 65 to 7 Georgia got up on them early. Of course, TCU gets a big play from Max Dugan in the passing game, and then it was all she wrote. After that, Stetson Bennett was nearly perfect, 18-25, 304 yards through the air, four touchdown passes. On the ground, he had two rushing touchdowns as well. Kenny McIntosh, the running back, had a nice day. Of course, Kendall Milton, he chipped in, got a touchdown. Lad McConkey had a big time. Uh, touchdown catch that was a long one for 37 yards, and of course he added one later, perfect corner out. Brock Bowers, a nice day through the air as well. Seven receptions, 152 yards, one touchdown catch on the day. They were awesome. A.D. Mitchell chipped in, there, one of their best wide receivers. Always makes an impact. He had one catch, 22 yards, it's for a touchdown. They were nearly flawless and perfect. We will get to all the surrounding stories. Yes, yes. I did see the halftime show where David Pollack basically says that Georgia is the king of college football and running it right in front of Nick Saban and I saw his face. What I'll say to David Pollack, you're absolutely right man. Absolutely right. Pound your chest, you're a Georgia dog and look dude, I get it. Take a shot right there while you're at it when you're feeling yourself and you've got the leverage to say it in front of the greatest of all time who By the way, you probably knew it was going to bother him a little bit, and there's probably some truth behind it. There absolutely is some truth behind it. Pound your chest. Give credit to Stetson Bennett. I said I was tired of the Cinderella story surrounding Stetson Bennett, but I can never take away from Stetson Bennett, the player in the accolades. That's a dude that doesn't have a Heisman trophy, but get that damn man a statue right there in front of uh, Sanford Stadium there in Athens. Incredible job by them, man. You can't say enough Jordan played absolutely perfect. You feel for TCU. This is not a good season to end like that. Even though you win 11, I mean, to win 13 ball games and then, but to lose in the national championship, 65 to 7, it really humbles you. Really kind of probably puts a damper on your season, which seemed like a Cinderella story. You can lose by a touchdown and 10 points or two touchdowns. I feel good about yourself, but you got absolutely taken to the woodshed in the trenches. That's what happened. They dominated you in the trenches. Their coaching staff was way ahead of you. Matt Dugan did not like the pressure at all. And you look, man, it's easy for me to speak about it, not being out there on the field and seeing what he saw. He missed wide open wide receivers. But when you've got four, possibly at times, it was five or six with the blitzing that Georgia was doing, they absolutely whooped your offensive line. You had no time to throw. Look, man, nobody's going to fault you for that. That's that's tough ask of anyone, and uh, that made the difference in the game. You know, credit to Georgia. You're back-to-back champions, and uh, already Vegas is saying that you're going to be favored to win possibly a third in the row. No matter what I think, no matter if I want to be salty about Alabama getting in or not, Georgia did what they had to do. Uh, we've talked about, you know, certain injuries and stuff like that. Georgia stayed healthy and they won championships. No excuse. That is the best team in college football from last year and this year, and they're holding up the trophy. Gotta give them a lot of props. And um, I can't wait to see what happens next year because you're gonna add more to the party. We're gonna bring in probably, what, eight teams are talking about, possibly 12 to the college football playoff, and you're gonna to have to do it even more. You're gonna play better teams from across the nation in different conferences, and it's going to sprinkle in some new, some new flavor. Maybe some teams like a Tulane who beat USC, you know, and the Cotton Bowl gets in next year. Who knows? Troy maybe gets in there. Maybe they have a you know every conference champion gets a shot at it, or maybe it's just going to be the top eight teams. I don't know. It's just going to be cool how they could do the seating, but you know, honestly, you feel for TCU because it just didn't. You didn't want to see them go out like that, but um. Yeah, at the end of the day, man, they, they impose their will. Okay, now let's talk about what the storylines are going to be heading into the offseason. is the king. We're going to move on from that. Can TCU sustain the success? First-year head coach, Sonny Docks, Remember that. Now he's got some transfers coming in. They've, they've used the uh, transfer portal pretty effectively. They even got three Alabama transfers going in. Uh, Trey Sanders, JoJo Earl. You know they've got some other they got some cats coming in there that are gonna be pretty good. Uh, Tommy Brockmar is the other one, the offensive lineman. Three former five stars that you know just didn't get a whole lot of playing time at Alabama, which sometimes happens when you know you're on you know in a program with that much talent. You kind of separate who's who in that uh, in that regard. But I think that right now we've got some fuel for Nick Saban. Don't poke the bear, maybe. Don't maybe give him the Bolton board material to work with. Well, let's see what he does with it. We're not just going to assume that Nick Saban's going to come back and bring Alabama back. There's key moves that he has to make. He has to look inside himself and realize, is Pete Golding really my best option? A defensive coordinator. Bill O'Brien, are you going to keep him? We have not, we've heard all the stories. We've heard there's Joe Brady rumors coming back. Remember, he's the former LSU co-offensive coordinator from the championship they won with Joe Burrow. He then became the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers under head coach Matt Rule. Was not great in two years at Colin plays. He's now the quarterback coach in Buffalo. After this season, maybe we'll see if he leaves Buffalo and returns to the college game. I don't know how he is as a recruiter, but you gotta assume that, with the name, with the brand, Alabama brand or something like that, he could do pretty good, and we did love his play calling and the schemes that he was doing um, while he was at LSU. Really good wide receiver coach, by the way. He was very, very key in the development of uh, Jamar Chase and all Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, in those guys. Now let's talk about what he's got to think about on the defensive side of the football. I think Nick Saban is going to go young. Uh, let me before I get away from that. Joe Brady. Cliff Kingsbury is going to be a name that's going to be out there. Can he, Does he need to go to the saving school of, you know, rehab? Another name that's possibly going to be out there is TCU offense coordinator Garrett Riley. We talked about him in the past. Last night, I don't think you can fault him too much. His offensive line was not getting any kind of sir, or really just wasn't protecting Max Dugan on passing the football, but he was. there were some guys schemed open. I think with Alabama and he could fix them and he could, you know, Correct some different things. So play to that personnel. He would be very, very effective with that Alabama offense talent. So the defensive side of the football, what we what you saw was you know a bend, don't break it kind of defense. Kirby Smart's been doing things the right way. He had one transfer portal out. He also lost Mel Tucker a couple years ago as the defensive coordinator. Took the job at Colorado. Now he's the head coach at Michigan State. Kirby promotes Dan Lanning we brought over from Alabama. He also brings over Glenn Schumann, another grad assistant in Alabama. He has matured, he's groomed these guys to take over after Mel Tucker. Dan Lanning becomes the head coach at Oregon. He now he you know gives the promotion to Glenn Schumann who becomes co-DC with Will Muschamp, one of the best defensive minds in college football for a very long time who got let go by the University of South Carolina as the head coach. And they became a three-headed monster and building this defense back up after it lost five first-round draft picks. Amazing job. Nick Saban has to look at that and think to himself, okay, what am I doing wrong? Is the brain trust as far as my defense and mine not working as well? Do I need to go back into my my coaching tree and do that? That's what he's going to have to look at. We've got to see that happen. If he stays put with this, and stays stagnant with his coaching staff. I don't know what we can expect as Alabama fans. Another person's gotta look at things. Lincoln Riley, you one of the best offensive play callers at USC before that Oklahoma. And when he was at ECU, he's one of the best innovative minds. And of course at Texas Tech, he had kind of started to cut his teeth a little bit uh, with Ruffin McNeil after Tommy Tuberville left. Defense is the problem. Alex French, defense coordinator. Yeah. He had a really good year when he was the defensive coordinator at Ohio State. It's a little bit different when you've got the Bosa brothers. A little bit. And he didn't do great at Oklahoma, and you took him with you. You've got a long way to go over there. I think you've got to address it. If you saw the bowl game against Tulane, he didn't help his defense whatsoever. They were out-schemed. They were dominated. Alex Crunch is something they've got to address. These are things that we're going to talk about for the offseason because, look, there's a lot of good football teams out there, and they're teams that just need to figure out what's going to fit that, that MO and that personality and building the culture there. You know, you got to talk about teams in the offseason. LSU, they bring back Jaden Daniels. What are they going to do to kind of solidify – helping out the rest of that program. Brian Kelly did not end the season like he wanted to. He was not as competitive against George as he needed to be. No, he did dominate. He did dominate, mind you. Purdue in the bowl game, 62-7. to 63-7, excuse me. Washington, Texas. They had a great, great Valor, uh, Alamo Bowl. The literal Alamo Bowl. What is Sartre going to do now? Quinn Ewers didn't look so hot. Arch Manning's come out on campus. Is he going to bench Quinn Ewers? He's going to continue to build that defense. He's got some good transfer portal come, kids coming in. What is he going to go doing for? Florida State looked like they were ready to take the next step. They won 10 football games this year. Mike Norvell's going to bring back Jordan Travis as quarterback. Are they going to continue to build and build and build and r- compete with Clemson for the ACC title? That's what we want to see, man. Somebody finally beat Clemson. They got to do it. Tennessee's took huge steps this past year. Huge steps. You know, Henning Hooker got hurt. Joe Milton comes in in the Orange Bowl, and they dominated Clemson, 131-14. to They dominated in the second half, just too much speed. He now brings in Nico Analeva, who is one of the top quarterback prospects in the country. Is he going to hand it over to Nico? He's got a big NAL deal. And build with some talent around him. Can Tennessee keep that, you know, that capability, you know, that success up there? Are they going to knock off Georgia possibly next year? Clemson. Cade Klubnik, he's not going to be the man, at, you know, at Clemson. Can Dabo Sweeney now bring back some people? Maybe, maybe brings back Jeff Scott as a co-offense coordinator with Brandon Streeter, and they keep things rolling on the defense side of the football. And he can get Clemson back into the college football playoff. That's it, you know. That's a team that we're watching. Another program we're watching: Notre Dame, nine and four. End of the season, pretty good under first-year head coach uh, Marcus Freeman. They get Sam Hartman. From uh, Wake Forest in the transfer portal to come over, Hartman's a big-time passer, man. He is he going to help this Irish team propel themselves getting back into that college football playoff conversation? Another team that we're going to be looking at is Ohio State. Brian Day has said that he will not be calling plays, and he's going to be bringing an offense coordinator let them call plays, and, of course, he wants to handle it more from a, a CEO approach to help the management. Is that going to really help Ohio State in those key moments and managing that game win. Michigan. Jim Harbaugh, is he going to come back? Is he going to come back? The rumors are he's going to Carolina. He said that it's not happening. That's not, a, that's not happening at all. He's con- He is, well, he's committed to staying at the University of Michigan there in Ann Arbor. We've heard that before, and coaches have left, including my own. So if Harbaugh's there, Michigan's going to be tough. He's done really well recruiting. He's really become a better coach, I feel like, on, um, you know, it's just it, they're buying into him. Whatever he did to fix it, they're buying into him, and, and uh, I believe in him. Penn State, Utah, these are two teams that had an amazing Rose Bowl game. It sucks that Cam Rising got hurt because I think it would have been a better finish. Guess what? Penn State, they lose Sean Clifford. That's unfortunate. But Utah, they bring him back Cam Rising. In Penn State, though, new quarterback coming in. Um, are they going to be able to finally get over the hump and beat? There are only two losses this year, Michigan and, of course, Ohio State. Drew Alar is going to be their new quarterback coming in for Sean Clifford. Drew Alar is one of the best throwing quarterbacks, uh, passing prospect quarterbacks, whatever you want to say, big-time arm talents so that we have talked about in a long time. He's big, he's physical, looks like Ben Roethlisberger back there. Is this going to be the guy that can finally put Penn State over Michigan or Ohio State? We'll see. James Franklin, he gets a lot of criticism with that. Uh, we talked about LSU can Brian Kelly keep this rolling he used the transfer portal pretty wisely getting Jaden Daniels in there he's gonna get them back a quarterback got to get that offensive line fixed they were very young this year he did have the key win over Alabama so he's got a lot he's got a bright future we get to talk about TCU see what they bring back you know they're going you know Morse will come back as their quarterback uh, he was actually the starter originally start the start the year but He got hurt and Dugan took over. So we're going to see if TC can sustain it like we talked about. Georgia, the key will be this. Does Todd Monken stay as offensive coordinator? And are any other assistants going to be poached? And that means Glenn Schumann possibly getting a head coaching job. And then he'll probably be okay because Will Muschamp's not going to get a head coaching job anytime soon unless it's a very, unless it's a lower-tier college, which I don't think he's going to do that. He's going to want to stay in the SEC and hopefully build his brand back up and maybe get a third opportunity as a head coach. Who knows? But Schumann should be a wanted man, possibly. He's young. He's shown that he can recruit. Um, he's also part of the saving tree. Would love to bring him back as a defensive coordinator at Alabama, possibly. That's not really a route that Nick Saban goes. I know a lot of people have said, well, let's go get Glenn Schumann, poach him from Georgia, make him to DC, pay him more, hey, possibly make him a coach in a way. That's not really how Nick Saban's ever operated. Um, he didn't like assistance being taken from him. I don't think he's gonna be looking to take uh, former assistants maybe back from them. I don't know. We haven't. That's something we've never seen from him before. He's usually kind of a class. he doesn't really usually go that route. But if I'm him, Yeah, I'm getting some of what Kirby's doing to me. Grab that guy, pay him back, he's an Alabama grad, pay him, he's an Alabama grad, get him back. Go younger on the offensive side, Garrett Riley, this is a guy maybe you can make the pitch. I'm, I'm probably talking more about Alabama, more normal because I'm a little bit more tapped into it. Go to Garrett Riley and say, hey, I know you're a better offensive coordinator than what the score showed against Georgia. How would you like to come over here, let me give you the weapons to do it and the tools and let's go beat Georgia and show them up and get a little revenge on them. That's just what I would say. And uh, that's what I would do. Just saying, that's what I would do. That's what I do. Now the smoke is cleared and that's what we're talking about. Georgia raised the banner, the fireworks have happened. All that smoke is there. It's clearing now, we have another, you know, have another 24 hours to digest what happened, process it. And this is what I feel like is going to happen into the into the off season. So let's wrap up college football talk. Georgia's the champion. Congrats to him. We're going to talk about recruiting as we head into the off season, and uh, yeah, we should have some interesting headlines as we head into uh, spring meetings and the. Uh, signings and everything else so also remember cormondo mcclain one of the top uh, carmonte mcclain one of the top cornerbacks in the nation i believe he's number one he was verbally committed in uh miami he will announce january 15th there's some people thinking that uh, alabama could possibly steal him away okay let's take a pause for the calls here on my turf season one episode 47 when the smoke clears and let's talk some nfl playoff football when we come back here on my turf season one episode 47 and we're back here on my turf season one episode 47 title track when the smoke clears i'm your host ryan marshall once again so NFL playoffs, well, they are going to be um, played this weekend. Uh, we had the regular regular season finale, and if you can't hear it, yeah, I'm pretty bummed. Uh, my Packers lost 20-16, to 16, did not get into the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers did not have a great game. Offensively, there were some key drops there, too, that really hurt us. But uh, overall, when you pay a quarterback $49 million, you got to get it done. The Seahawks are going in our place. They defeated the Rams 19-16. to 16. In overtime, great game, good back and forth. The Commanders they end the season on a win, defeating the Cowboys 26 to 6. The Cowboys did not look good. Dak Prescott had a horrible game. The 49ers they stayed hot with Brock Purdy. He slung three touchdowns, 38 to 13 over the Arizona Cardinals. This, of course, has gotten Cliff Kingsbury fired. He got an extension this offseason. He has now been fired. The Eagles. They defeat the Giants 22 to 16 in the finales, but both teams heading to the playoffs. The Eagles will get the number one seed. The Broncos they defeat the Chargers 31 to 28. Chargers kept a lot of this was a good win for uh, Russell Wilson to kind of end the season maybe on a good note, and a positive note heading to the offseason, See who uh, what head coach they can lure in there. The Steelers they defeated the Browns 28 to 14. Didn't matter though that does not get them into the playoffs because the Dolphins defeated the Jets. 11 to 6 and of course the patriots lost to the bills 35 to 23 and that's the scenario that had to play out falcons defeated the bucks 30 to 17 but the bucks still win the nfc south not a good look though for tom brady and them the vikings defeated the Bears 29 to 13 good night for kirk cousins and the boys Bengals defeated the ravens 27 to 16 the ravens still didn't have you know didn't have lamar so they didn't look so hot anyway texans They won 32-31 over the Colts. Um, I say that, though, as I can't really. This one was such a tough one. The Texans won this game, and they don't get the first overall pick. Um, That now goes to the Bears. So, Lovie Smith, um, their first-year coach, gets fired, and they are now not maybe in the Bryce Young sweepstakes because the Bears there are some that think they should trade away Justin Fields and get Bryce Young or the Texans maybe they can stay put but you still now do not have the first overall pick that's tough Panthers they defeated the Saints 10 to 7 good win for them to end the season so that wraps up the final games of the regular season so now let's talk playoffs, if you've know, never seen the Jim Moore thing where he says playoffs, yeah, go on there and Google, all right, so Saturday, January 14th, let's get into it, Seahawks at the 49ers, 3.30 p.m. on Fox, San Francisco, favored by 9.5, over and under 43, I'm not picking against the 49ers, and they got a 74% chance of winning this football game, they look awesome, maybe the Seahawks and the Lions basically saved my Packers on not winning this football game. Chargers at the Jags. Yeah, I'm taking the 49ers in big. Chargers at the Jags, 7.15 p.m. NBC. The line is even, over under 47 and a half. The way I've been seeing things right now, and I like the way Trevor Lawrence is playing. Give me the Jags because they're at home. I like this matchup for them. Dolphins at the Bills, 12 p.m. CBS. Buffalo favored by 9.5, over under 46. We have not heard if Tua is playing in this matchup. If he does not play, I'm not picking the Dolphins. Not happening. If he does play, I think they can beat the Bills. Yeah, I think they can beat the Bills. I think what I saw from that defense last week, they shared some things up. They got a lot more physical. They were blitzing a lot more. I think the Dolphins could beat them. I'd still bet on the Bills to win, but without Tua, they've got zero chance, guys. And I hate to say that because, you know, anything can happen, but they have got no chance without them, man. Uh, Again, that game's going to be 12 p.m. CBS on Sunday. 3.30 p.m. on Sunday, Giants at the Vikings. Minnesota Minnesota favored by three, over under 48 and a half. Give me the Vikings in that matchup. They're at home. Uh, I like the Giants and the way Daniel Jones has been playing, but – and they rested their players too, so I like I like what Brian Dable did in that from that aspect. And, and there's something that's tugging at me to pick the Giants, but you still gotta bet on the Vikings. Ravens at the Bengals. Cincinnati favored by seven over under 42. NBC 7.15 p.m. Sunday night. We don't know if Lamar Jackson's gonna play with that MCL sprain or not. If he does not play, I'm not giving the Bengals uh, you know, any kind of you know, any kind of slack on losing this game. I'm not. I don't have any doubt about them losing. I'm gonna give this game to the Bengals. If Lamar plays, I could feel better about picking the Ravens on making this closer. But I gotta take the Bengals. I think. I think they win no matter what. I think they're just getting hot at the right time. And Monday night, ESPN, 7:15. Cowboys, Buccaneers. Dallas favored by two and a half. Over/under 45 and a half. I think Dallas wins this football game. I do, and they have to win this football game, or Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott are not going to be back next season. I can promise you that. I say that with a like, just a clear opinion on that. Like, there's no way Jerry Jones is going to take a first round outing against uh, the Buccaneers. Are not a good looking football team, guys. The Cowboys have a good defense. They've got all the weapons. If they do not get past the Bucks. There's no way they bring back Mike McCarthy. I don't care if they did have 12 wins this season. There's just no way that you can sit there and think that Sean Payton, you're going to let Sean Payton go to another uh, <laughs> go to another team. There's just no way that's happening. So the Chiefs and the Eagles, they got to buy. Uh, it's going to be a great start to the playoffs, though. Some really good football games are going to be close. We'll probably have some big time over. I think there's going to be some big time overtime matchups and, and endings in this uh, first week. But, well, that's going to do it yeah pretty quick show right season one episode 47 when the smoke clears now that uh you know college football is over we can give all of our attention to pro football we'll still touch on some off-season stories remember this show available on apple Podcasts, spotify new show email my at gmail.com and yeah uh, of course on twitter ryan 18 so tell your friends about us college and pro football we'd like to talk about it we're a little bit salty at times and uh Probably a little bit too biased, but at least we're honest about her. All right, I hope you everyone has a lovely rest of the week, and uh, enjoy your holiday on Monday. So, see you then. Season 1, episode 47, When the Smoke Clears. That's a wrap, folks.